schadenfreude everybody must have screamed ah he's a sung hero little pushy pushy are you back from listening to stairway to heaven twice now those are just words i looked up on the internet unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball starts now hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt, and the transfer portal, eventually it'll stop. I think the portal closes next week, uh, but another guy exiting the program played zero, one, or 2 with Keenan Cummings last week, asked him, number of sports Jimmy Bell is going to play for WVU next season, he thought two, and he still may play two sports in his final year of eligibility. It will not be with the Mountaineers. He entered the transfer portal Friday, third Mountaineer to leave, joining one of the Josiahs and Jamel King. We had one year of Jimmy Bell, and how could you root against Jimmy Bell? Great story, lost a ton of weight in the offseason, let me ask you this. If Jimmy Bell doesn't want to move, can you move him? And I would argue uh, maybe there's somebody. I mean, there's there's gigantic athletes. Maybe a sumo wrestler can make Jimmy Bell move. But I'm putting my odds on Jimmy Bell Jr. to not move if he doesn't want to. That's what I'm going to remember about the Jimmy Bell experience. He ended up starting all 34 games in his one season in Morgantown. Peaked in January, put up 15 and 12 against Lampkin at in the Coliseum against TCU. Then scored 15, including making all of his free throws in the SEC Challenge win over Auburn. And then it went downhill from a number standpoint. Didn't hit double digits scoring for the rest of the season. He scored nine points total in the last eight games of the season and was given the opportunity to practice with the football team. So, you know, talk of could he get a scholarship with football and still participate with basketball. Ultimately, if that's a path and it's kind of wild, he's in two transfer portals. (laughs) Think about that. You know, uh, you watch, uh, you've watched the show community, the timeline episode, there's a basketball transfer portal timeline and there's a football transfer portal timeline and they could be you could be crossing the streams there it sounds dangerous jimmy bell's trying that he's going to find a spot playing basketball in his final year of eligibility i enjoyed the jimmy bell experience all in all and i wish him well in his future endeavors is west virginia done in the transfer portal who's to say uh probably not there's still some time they're still they're bringing in the volleyball coach's son, a D two standout, six foot eight, possible backup for Trey Mitchell. He's go he's got other visits, but his dad works in Morgantown, and I think there was a Sunahara on the football team snapping footballs. So you know, legacy player. <laughs> Does that count? Also, uh, that means. Maybe somebody else leaves. I don't know. Time's running out on that. In theory, we'll find out soon enough. But let's enough of me. 
Another guest in the offseason, Ryan McIntyre makes his first appearance on Unreasonable Doubt. Ryan McIntyre, former WVU men's basketball video coordinator. Now he's in the podcast game, co-host of the Ryan and Russ show, co-host of the college basketball experience. Let's talk to Ryan McIntyre. Well, you don't talk to him, but here's my interview with Ryan. All right, Ryan McIntyre, welcome to Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Josh, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to talking to Mountaineers. Absolutely. And, and who better to talk about the Mountaineers than you, Ryan? You worked with Bob Huggins, worked as a video coordinator for three seasons in Morgantown. Tell me, Ryan, what was the best part of that job and what was the most challenging part of that job? Um, great question. I would start the best part about the job was a just working for a Hall of Famer, a not even just as a basketball coach, but as a person. I mean, he's the easiest spots I've ever had to work for because he just lets you do your job. He doesn't micromanage like some other people like to do. He just trusts you to get the job done and, and just let you grow in the process. Um, I could tell stories for days. I would say, uh, most challenging thing as a video coordinator in that program is, I mean, you saw it with Billy Hahn, rest in peace, who just passed away. Uh, Ronnie Everhart, Larry Harrison over the years was it wasn't the, and obviously hugs wasn't the most tech savvy, uh, uh, coaching staff. So obviously they're more old school. So trying to bring them along a little bit as times, uh, had come along in, in the year 2023. Now it, I would say probably that was the biggest challenge, but Nothing, nothing crazy compared to some of the other stories that I hear from uh, video coordinators that are micromanaged on a day-to-day basis. That's interesting. So when you talk about the technical difficulties, is it like coach just press play on this? I mean, like <laughs> open up the email and here's the video or what kind of challenges are you talking about? Uh, I mean, it varied. I thought the year 2020 and 2021 was a transition for all of us. I mean, everybody all of a sudden had to become an expert at Zoom. And if you were a video coordinator, that was what you used for your recruiting presentations because you had all the travel restrictions. You couldn't go on the road recruiting. So, I mean, just being able to try and help these guys out. And you'd be amazed at how far hugs came along technology. He'll never admit that he doesn't want – he doesn't even want to – admit that he came along a little bit with technology because he hates it, but all the coaches came a long way just in that short spurt um, made, made my job a little bit easier, but it was a challenging, obviously trying to hold their hand a little bit as we went along um, because they're, they're old school guys. They're not used to uh, navigating a computer, zoom, a PowerPoint, a keynote. So they just want to hit play, go see guys in person, have conversations. That's how they recruited for years. But Times were different during those times. Is there a specific Mm -hmm. memory you have, Ryan? I'm sure you have more than one of where the work that you did as a coordinator and what you gave to the coaching staff translated into a specific positive result for a team, where the specific play or just a game plan for the entire game, what can you point to or what comes to mind? You're like, that's, that's my imprint. That's how I help the team. So I'll go I'll go all the way back to 2015 um, or 2014 when we transitioned into Press Virginia. 
the famous stat of deflections was actually my idea. Um, I'm taking full credit for it now that I'm not in the program. Um, I used to say it was a, it was a team, uh, team idea, but I had gotten the idea because I worked VCU camp when Chaka smart was there and obviously havoc and those teams and they tracked deflections. If they got this amount of deflections, they won. And I remember, um, during the press Virginia days that everybody loves and, and remembers, we always wanted to get around 40. It was one per minute. If we got around that 40 deflections um, per game, we, we, we had like a 90% winning percentage. Now, wow. if we lost, you could always, you could always pinpoint how many deflections did we have? And it would be like in the mid twenties, the high twenties. And it was pretty cool for me. Just bringing a simple idea of just, Hey, let's go back to the film and see if we got a hand on a ball here, deflection here, and seeing a guy that's or at the time was going to be in the Hall of Fame now is uh, run with it, challenge guys in the in the in the film room, the locker room, and just the whole coaching staff, and it, it really became a competition. I mean, John Holton was obviously the guy that kind of started it because he was the head man of Press Virginia. Then Nate Adrian, of course, JC and Dax were always right there. Tariq Phillip, but just seeing how it evolved over four years, and then I went to South Carolina in the middle of press Virginia as a graduate assistant and handed it off to Tyler Chang, who's still there now as a director of analytics. And he, he ran with it to a whole different level. They added different dimensions. So I, that was pretty cool. Just kind of bringing that project along and seeing how it grew over the years. Uh, were you the one that gave John Holden the idea to scream the 10 count <laughs> as loud as he could in front of the, the guy putting it out of bounds? <laughs> No, that was him on his own. That was John being John. But I would be lying to you if I said I didn't encourage it. Because of course. It he intimidated me the first time he did. I was like, I don't know if that's allowed. Is that a tech or what? <laughs> so, yeah, no. I was glad. Uh, John John was great in those Press Virginia days. Uh, I was watching it in game and had to rewind it because like, it, it's just all I could hear was John screaming. It's fantastic. So yep. you, from a video coordinator's perspective, watching a basketball game, when you do it is different than like a casual fan. Mm -hmm. So what is one thing a casual fan can look for during a WVU game with a video coordinator's eye that kind of gives them the feeling that they're a little bit smarter about basketball? Good question. I, uh, we simplified things so much during the press Virginia days. I think hugs would say it multiple times in his press conferences. And, and honestly, what hug says in the press conferences and on his radio show that everybody loves to listen to with Tony and Jay, he says to a certain degree in the film room. Now his language and his tone might be different in closed doors, obviously with those guys, because it's a different setting versus the media, but I think the main thing during the press Virginia days was just going back to the basics of personnel, because we were going to take you out of offense. You weren't going to be able to reverse the ball. We were going to ball pressure you for 94 feet and make your life hell. And it was just about, Hey, how good is this guy going to his right hand versus his left hand? Like the simplest things, but it was, or if a four or five man got the ball 90 feet from the rim, go, go deny all the, uh, the point guards, we call it cutting it off, cutting the head off, which JC was the best at. And it, it's just simple stuff that went a long way. And, and I think that's why we were so good during that era was we just made the game so simple in a chaotic way. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, 
Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Let's talk about the Big 12 right now, Ryan. Uh, WVU, I feel like, has done a great job in the transfer portal, and they may not be done. But other Big 12 teams are busy as well. Hunter Dickinson committed to Kansas as we're recording this today. Give me a couple of other guys you see in the Big 12 that are transfer guys that are going to make a big impression on the Big 12 this upcoming season. Yeah, um, we we say the Big 12 has no nights off, and it's going to be a bear once again. Everybody was in the top 50 in RPI or uh, Kempom or Net, whatever power ranking or advanced analytics you wanted to use. But obviously, Kansas made the big splash with Dickinson today. They bring Harris back. They're going to be loaded. Maybe preseason number one. You look at the newcomer in uh, Houston. I mean, getting LJ Cryer over from Baylor. So you get a guy that's instant – already has big 12 experience championship pedigree. He was on the team Uh, Perry coming over from North Texas to Kansas state to fill another small guard role for drum tang at K state and Max A. Smith, uh, NCAA tournament, March madness legend for oral Roberts. Now he goes to Texas um, in their last year in this league, this league, this league, there's no, there's no nights off. I mean, all these coaches are good. All these players are good. And I think that's what makes it so unique. And for especially us, at least we don't have to completely get killed by the travel as much anymore because we have a Cincinnati and Central Florida to take a little bit of the load off. But these these programs just keep reloading. There's no there's no uh, rebuild in the Big 12. There's absolutely not. And you also you do the Ryan and Russ show. You also do Mm -hmm. the college basketball experience for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yep. West Virginia wins the offseason, let's say that, you know, with with all the guys that are coming in. And when you see those transactions, Ryan, how does that translate into possible future betting for the upcoming season? Are you a avoid futures bet or how can that information inform people who may be betting on what WVU season is going to look like this upcoming season? Uh, I think uh, you want to avoid the public narrative. So maybe actually, to be honest, West Virginia is a team that you want to avoid betting with the futures, to be honest, because they've been so popular in the transfer portal. But I also think grabbing a bunch of long shots isn't a bad thing because this tournament is so crazy. I mean, we just saw UConn. They were a four seed uh, this year. I mean, going into the year, I think they were like 75 to one to win the national championship. I mean, nobody had them as 
it, they had lost Cole and Martin the year before. But I mean, especially with the transfer portal, you don't know how these teams are going to mesh until you get your eyes on them for five to 10 games. And then you can say, all right, these guys like playing with these another. Uh, they got a chance. I mean, we bring in a lot of talent, a lot of transfers, but we, we don't know how they're going to mesh. We don't know. Hey, I mean, we can all be honest here. It, the the whole jealousy thing could be an issue where, hey, this guy's getting more NIL money than this guy, and maybe that's an issue. We've seen that with other teams uh, over the years as well. And, and Miami, Miami, they found a way to mesh, but it took them a little bit to get going there in the ACC. So I, I don't know if there's an exact answer. I mean, the transfer portal era is so young. Um, I, I would say if you like a team that brings back a core, kind of like a UConn did Kansas year before Baylor, I think you jump on that. Maybe, uh, I mean, I don't want to give out Kansas just because I don't like Kansas and they're going to be one of the favorites, but maybe a Duke. I mean, Duke brings back a bunch of their cores. Uh, they were young last year, the transitioning into year number two under John Shire. So, so, so I would say look at teams that bring back a good core and added a piece or two in the transfer portal rather than a bunch of pieces. Good tip. And I'm going to ask you for another one. Just for casual betters like me, don't mm. put a very low units, not making yeah. a big deal about it. But what's one rule or strategy from your perspective that a casual sports gambler can keep in mind to be more successful when they're placing their small wagers? Don't bet every game. <laughs> I would say, I, I, honestly, it's a simple thing, but if you're betting every single game, odds are you're, you're going to break even, which 50%, uh, you're not you're not winning in the end. The book's winning. That's why you got to win 52.5% to beat the Jews. I would say also, don't just bet a game because it's a standalone game where it's a Monday night game at nine o'clock or 11 o'clock, the Hawaii game in college football, for example, where, oh man, I want to get some action on it just because it's the only game. I would say if you really don't feel good about it, you haven't done your research, don't just put a bunch of money on it just because it's the only game. Do your research. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, especially in college basketball. I mean, on these Saturday slates that we preview, there's like 150, 160 games. So it's like, it's, it's madness. Yeah. So pick your spots is that is exactly. a good place to start. Yep. So and Ryan, don't chase. <laughs> oh gosh, you're talking about the Hawaii game. That screams a chase game in college That's football chase, season. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> you're in, Ryan. Unfortunately or fortunately for zero, one or two. Yep. And it's easy to play. I'm gonna give you a scenario. I'm gonna give you the options to say zero, one or two, and you pick one of those. So here we go. Zero, one or two. Between James Okonkwo and Mo Wagi, number of those guys who will average over 10 minutes a game for WVU this upcoming season. Zero, one, or two? I'll go two. I think, I think am I allowed to elaborate or is it just? Absolutely. No, please elaborate. <laughs> I, I would I would say two, and I think they're around that 10 to 15 mark because I think with the way Hugs plays, playing multiple guys, I talked about the – uh, Press Virginia days where we had to have one through 10, one through 12. And, and, and in the big 12, I mean, Hunter Dickinson commits today. I mean, you're going to need your 20 fouls from your four front court guys when you play a guy like that. And there's multiple other guys like that. So, yeah, I would say that they average about 10 to 15 James and uh, Mo. Zero, one or two between Cincinnati and UCF. Number of those big 12 teams that will be seated in the top half of the Big 12 tournament next March. You said UCF and Cincinnati? 
Yes. Zero. It's going to yeah, be tough, right? I, uh, I think Houston will have a chance, but those other two, I mean, Cincinnati's on the way up, I think, a little bit slowly with West Miller, but they're in for a rude awakening. They're going to have the same travel schedule that we have, and it's it, this league's a, a bear. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You uh, So my next question, the other two new teams, between Houston and BYU, number of those teams that will be seated in the top half of the Big 12 tournament next March? One. But BYU will be a pain in everybody's you-know-what when they got to go out there just with the travel and the elevation going to Provo. So I think BYU could pick off some teams at home, but I think that they'll probably go one or maybe two wins on the road for the whole conference play. And think about it. BYU at UCF yep. is a possibility that yep. their travel schedule and they're a national team anyways, but that's going to be very interesting to see how they handle trips to Cincinnati and the Eastern time zone. Number of additional transfers, Ryan, you think WVU will add this offseason? Zero, one, or two? I will go one. I think they'll add another wing or guard. Okay. So, yeah. Well, and people can connect the dots on who may leave. I mean, I think we talked about it before the, before the show. We're at the deadline here, what, next Thursday? So, it probably it, it may be uh, going to the news right now as we're recording this podcast that somebody's leaving or somebody's coming in for all we know <laughs> sure. with the way this portal goes. It really moves. Uh, and then final question in zero, one or two baseball question. Shout out to the WVU baseball yep. team. Nine game winning streak beat. There's 10 run rolling teams left and right between the super regional round and the college world series. Rounds of the playoffs that WVU baseball will participate in at the end of the season. Zero, one, or two of the Super Regional and College World Series. I'm going to go two. I, li- I like their team. They're, they they hit one through nine, timely hitting, and, and it seems like their pitching is getting more consistent. I think that they have a real opportunity to get to Omaha down the road, which would be fantastic. Is it good for somebody like Weatherholt to hit like 500? Is that good for baseball? <laughs> you know, they say uh, 30% or batting 300 gets you in the Hall of Fame. So if you bet 500, I don't know where that gets you other than, I mean, into into the MLB, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing to some of the things, and I'm not a WVU baseball guy, but two grand slams in a game, you know, just ending games before – uh, completion because they've been 10 run rule. Like it's little league. They're really yeah. making an impression this season. And that would be awesome. And with the, I would say cynicism right now in the fan base, they'll flock the baseball. I think West Virginia no is a baseball state. So I completely agree. And it, it's always good to 10 rule, uh, 10 run rule that uh, other team up North. So that one that team. Was, yeah, yeah. That one team. That, up north. I forgot their name. So <laughs> They, they got a pretty good chant, though, in Morgantown for him. I have heard that one a time or two. Well, Ryan, this has been awesome. Thank you for all the information and for the discussion. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Thanks, Josh. Look forward to having you on the Ryan and Russ show in the uh, future. Wow. I'll do it. See yep. you, Ryan. See you, Ben. Are you on the Twitter? Are you still on the Twitter? I'm on the Twitter. Follow me 
on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, at I-M-J-O-S-H-W-H-I-T-T. Post information about the show, post things about WVU basketball, other things. Check that out. Also, Unreasonable Doubt under the Smoking Musket umbrella. So go to smokingmusket.com, follow the Smoking Musket on Twitter at Smoking Musket. Listen to West by Pod, another Smoking Musket podcast with Jordan and Joel. Do those things. Twitter. Big thanks to Ryan for joining me on the podcast. Follow Ryan on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac, M-O-N-E-Y-L-I-N-E underscore Mac. Don't spell out underscore, just the underscore. I, I don't know. It's on the top line. Well, below the F keys, the next line where the numbers are at, the underscore. I mean, you might have to hit shift, but that Moneyline underscore Mac Listen to the Ryan and Rush show wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen to the college basketball experience wherever you listen to podcasts. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen to this podcast on any platform you want. Apple Podcast, it's there. Spotify Podcast, it's there. Overcast, it's there. YouTube. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. WVU for the 2022-2023 season. They had 19 wins and they had 15 losses. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.